Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate and overwhelming stupidity. Hey folks, what's happening? Welcome to another episode of Full Count Chaos, talking about dinos. Love to hear from you, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter, at Full Count Chaos, where we like to vent our frustration and sometimes become unreasonable baseball fans and bitch and whine when the Orioles don't do well. And a lot of us like to throw temper tantrums and we vent on Twitter. So come join us. Hey, by the way, congratulations to a gentleman by the name of Josh who won the $100 Orioles.com gift card. Congratulations. He was the second name I picked. The first name, I don't know what happened. They shit the bed. They didn't answer. I I reached out to them four fucking times. I even was trying to find the phone number that was attached to this email. Nothing. And I said, check your email, folks. I'm giving you like five days. I gave this person a week and a half. Nothing. So I pulled the second name. Boom. Ten minutes later, he's thanking me. Congratulations. He won it. Spend it wisely, my friends. Spend it wisely. We are coming to the finish line, the 2022 Orioles season. Eh, they're not mathematically eliminated, but it's starting to feel that pressure is getting real heavy. And I did go to the Saturday night game. Had a blast. Good buddy of mine took me. I met some of his friends. All great people. I was surrounded by Orioles fans. We had a hell of a time. But boy, was that game a huge kick in the Dick, those are some rough games. I don't care whether the Orioles are fighting for the playoffs or there are 75 games out of first place. Those games suck. You never want to see that shit. Now, before that game, Fangraphs, they gave the Orioles just 1.8% chance of qualifying for the postseason. And BaseballReference.com, who's, they, they're more polite. They, they are, I don't know, a little maybe more fans of the Orioles than uh, Fangraphs are. They gave them 9.7% chance. And the Orioles already took two from Houston. They have Houston's number for some reason. And the pitchers, they always have a fantastic game against them. I, I don't know what it is. Sports, it's a weird fucking thing. And that's why I don't gamble. But going to the game Saturday night, had a great time. I did not participate in the wave. I've said it plenty of times on the show. That is my top three pet peeves of going to a game. It is. But I, I got to put myself in the category of douchebag uh, because I am that guy that when the wave comes around and everyone stands up and goes, "Woo!" I'm the guy that down in front. You know, I think I'm funny. You know, after I say it, I, I look around thinking there's going to be like a bunch of high fives and everyone laughing. No, it, no one's laughing. I'll, I'll do it one more time. Here comes the wave. You know, down in front. Look around. No high fives. No, nobody laughing. I'm sure everyone heard me and they're just like, wow, what a douchey joke. But I don't know. It's my way of getting through uh, having to sit through the wave. But my God, Orioles, 17 hits and 10 runs, and you blew it. You blew it! And you're up 5-2, to two, then Santander with the bottom of the eighth home run to go up two runs, and you're thinking Bautista, that's all he needs is a two-run lead. You got one of the best closers in baseball. <laughs> Shit in the bed. I saw people on the Twitter. <laughs> That's what my mom says. Did you see what they were saying on the Twitter? 
I don't know why people over the age of 60, they got to put the in front of everything. Do you go on the Instagram? Do you still go on the Facebook and see all our uh, friends and relatives? No, it's just Twitter, mom. But I saw a lot of people on Twitter displeased with the way Hyde used the bullpen. I don't care who the hell you have coming out there throwing. You got to win a game like this. People say, I can't believe Hyde, the first reliever, Crable's coming out. Okay, he's facing the 7, 8, and 9 batter. You got a three-run lead. I mean, I'm not going to go down the list here. I was fine with the way Hyde handled the bullpen. And the bullpen hasn't, I mean, it felt like they haven't pitched since June, the way the starters were pitching. And that's a problem all managers want to have. But these pitchers, they get out of their tempo. They get out of their routine. It's never, it's not always a good thing when they have a lot of time off. And the relievers just came in and they shit the bed. I mean, my God, every game, every manager, every team, you can always pick and choose what pisses you off. But when you lose a game, when you have 17 hits and 10 runs and you're leading going into the ninth inning, you'd think you'd win the game. And I think people learned Saturday night that Bautista was not made in a factory. He's human. It happens, and you can tell when you watch Orioles long enough and you watch these guys play 162 games, it's almost like you know the first three or four pitches, how that night's going to go. I remember Zach Britton, one of the best closers I've ever seen. I mean, 98-mile-an-hour sinker. Get the fuck out of here. But you could tell, like the first couple pitches, you'd be like, oh, shit. And then, yeah, he'd blow it. He'd blow a couple saves, a couple games. They're human. It happens. It's sports. But when the Orioles are hanging on for dear life, they're on life support and they can't fuck up. They can't have a hiccup like this. Yeah, it just hurts even worse watching the Orioles blow it like that. That was brutal. You're just hoping that Seattle, Toronto, whoever, they just have like a six game losing streak because the Orioles basically have to win out. (laughs) Going to Boston, going to New York, playing Toronto. That's That's it. Wrapping it up. We're just going to keep on scoreboard watching and cheer them on until mathematically they are finito. And it was fun going to the Saturday night game. It was a uh, thank you, Brooke, thank you, Brooks Robinson day. And when I got my seats, <laughs> the, everybody was on their feet, clapping, cheering. I didn't know what was going on. I'm, I'm just trying to get all my shit together and I'm looking around and about, I don't know, a minute, minute and a half. I'm still Like, what the hell is everyone clapping about? I didn't realize that there was Brooks in a convertible traveling about five feet every hour. I made a joke. I'm like, my God, you know, this car, let's let's go. Pick it up a little bit. Put it in in the second gear. Brooks is not a young man anymore. (laughs) I think at the end of the first inning, he came out and he waved to everybody. He was basically saying goodnight because then you just see him go up the steps. Off he goes. He's done. You didn't see him the rest of the night. He's like, it's 8.30. I got to get the fuck to bed. Probably went right to his room, put in a DVD of Matlock, maybe watched the first couple episodes of the first season. Off he went. You know, the DVD that he bought from Cracker Barrel. (laughs) I think that's the only place you can uh, actually buy those kind of DVDs, like Matlock, the best of Dolly Parton, just some random ass shit in that gift shop of Cracker Barrel. I used to go there all the time. And we always used to hit the gift shop up as we left. I'm like, do I want to get the all eight seasons of Three's Company on DVD? Or do I want to buy some rock candy? I don't know. 
But that was cool seeing Brooks driving around, waving to everybody, saying hi. Now, I've talked about this on my podcast before, crying in sports. I've never had a moment in sports, playing sports, watching it, where I was crying. I'm talking like like sobbing, like tears coming down the eye. I don't mean like you're getting joyful where your eyes water up. That's happened to me. I've mentioned it before. In 2012, when the Orioles beat the Rangers to go to the playoffs, that was one of the funnest moments memories of my dad and I, uh, yeah, my, my eyes did water up a little bit, but it wasn't anything where I had to blow my nose and I'm sobbing and I couldn't form a sentence because I was crying so hard, but that's what happened. This guy, I probably late fifties as Brooks was driving around in a convertible, the guy was just sobbing and he was trying to, I think he was trying to yell out. I love you, Brooks. But he was crying so hard, it just, I love Will Brooks. I don't know. He had so much snot on the upper lip. And I'm like, man, I, this is why I love sports. Because it touches people in such a way that these players and these moments literally touches your heart where you just start sobbing. Now, I've never been there before. I've never had a moment watching sports. I wish I had. I wouldn't mind that, having a moment in sports or seeing a player that just makes me start sobbing because of the joy. I just looked at him. I I felt jealous. I was like, man, I want that. I want to look at Brooks Robinson and just start snotting all over myself and be like, I love you. Again, I think that's what he was trying to say. (laughs) Good for him. Saw a couple other people, uh, tears down their eyes while Brooks was driving around, waving to everybody. I was just standing there applauding, being like, (laughs) all right, I'm doing the math in my head. By the time this convertible reaches the start line and wraps around or the the finish line, when he wraps around the stadium, I'm going, it's going to be about quarter of 11 at night. But I think he did kind of put it in second gear and he got up to about five miles per hour. It was a fun night. Uh, I did have a bad experience in the bathroom, which was very awkward. I don't understand. There's 25 stalls, urinals on the wall that you can choose from. I was the only guy. No, there's one other guy. He was like all the way at the end. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go all the way to the end. That's what you do. You just kind of give everybody their space that you can. When it's crowded, there's nothing you can do. Guy comes to the stall right next to me, right next to me, and the bathroom's empty. Like, dude, what are you doing? Basically, he was sharing my urinal. Like, basically, he came up and shared the same urinal as I. He, he might as well have done that. And then, not only that, he wanted to talk to me about going into the ninth inning with Bautista. He started going, man, this is crazy. You think Bautista's got it? You think he's got enough gas in the tank? I'm sitting there trying to pee. Like, you're going to ask me about Bautista while I have my dick in my hand trying to pee? And then I'm thinking for a second, maybe he's on a, a Bluetooth talking to someone on the phone. Nope. He basically had his arm around me going, what a game, huh, buddy? What a game. As we're both trying to pee and the bathroom is empty. What are you doing? I didn't answer him. I didn't even look at him. I didn't answer him because I knew he was talking to me because he asked me again and I could see in the corner of my eye that he was trying to make eye contact with me to talk. I probably had about a good 12 to 14 seconds left of urinating, but I pinched it. I ended it, pinched it, wrapped it up, walked out. Fuck out of here, man. What's your problem? Don't do that. But it was quite a game. Saturday night, you lose. What did they lose? 11 to 10. So I am a, I do throw temper tantrums, by the way. 
or no, I'm sorry. I should say not temper tantrums. I don't fall on the floor and start rolling around crying, yelling about what, what I didn't like about the Orioles. I guess I could say I throw them a chore tantrum. What that means is I'm the, uh, all right, I'm out of here guy. So when Houston scored four runs in the top of the ninth and went up two, I, I, I'm out. I told my buddy, I'm out of here. I'll see you. <laughs> I got the fuck out of there. I do that every game. Every time I get upset, if the Orioles are, you know, the, the Orioles are up by one, the other team scores three or four in the eighth inning, ninth inning, I'm out of here. See ya. Or I turn the channel. I'm done. <laughs> it's my little tantrum. But of course, I'll keep an eye on my phone and see what happens. So when I was walking out in the bottom of the ninth, Odor hit the home run. I heard the crowd erupt. I figured it was only a one, uh, one run home run, solo home run. But yeah, 11 to 10. Fucking kidding me. 10 hits. Uh, I'm sorry. 17 hits, 10 runs. That was brutal. I mean, they look like they just ran out of gas last week. They lost two out of three against Toronto, two out of three against the Tigers. They just look tired. They look like they just wanted to go home. They're like, you know what? We've, we've played far and beyond what the fans expected. So <laughs> we're tired. We just let us just finish up the season. We'll try our best. Which, again, Elias, this means no fucking around anymore. Winning season? I don't want to hear about the, uh, well, we're trying to, we're going to continue with the rebuild. No, fuck that. that. That's come and gone. It's done. The fans, we got a taste of what winning season feels like and chasing down those playoffs. And as I'm talking right now doing this podcast, the Orioles are still not out of the playoffs. And we're wrapping up September here. So, Elias, you better figure some shit out. You got a shit ton of money in that bank. Make some trades. There are some damn good free agent pitchers. I'm talking Judge, Otani. Get them all. Get them all on this team. Let's win it. No more excuses. <laughs> right now, the Orioles are 79 and 72. There's 11 games left. I'd be absolutely stoked if the Orioles made the playoffs. But right now, I just kind of would... Get shits and giggles if they just ended the season with a winning record at this point. But it just seemed like they were running on fumes. And again, somehow the Tigers are stealing Orioles signs. I, they, they lost five in a row from the shitty Tigers until they finally get a win Wednesday night. That was a great win. Eight to one, Jordan Lyles, who, what do you just allow three hits, pitches a complete game? That was his first one since, uh, what was it, September 30th, 2012? So the Orioles' first complete game at home since, you know it, Dylan Bundy threw a one-hitter August 30th, 2017. You all remember that, right? You guys all probably watch those highlights on YouTube. Yeah, I want to go watch some Dylan Bundy highlights. But, uh, of course, after the game, they asked Lyles, how the fuck did you do that? He said, I was efficient early, and I was able to get into the game. He said, I looked up, and I had 50 pitches at around five innings, and it kind of clicked. And it was go time from there. Okay, thanks, Lyle. So basically two sentences of nothing, but who cares? He pitched his ass off. Lyle struck out four. He didn't walk a batter. Uh, was it 94 pitches? 72 of them were strikes, and which was also impressive that game. He didn't allow the leadoff hitter to reach in any inning. So that was kind of something to brag about to your mommy and daddy. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, again, talking about they just look shitty. Just horrible baseball. Flat, shitty, garbage baseball. And they were getting no hit through six innings on Monday. 
In those two games, eight hits in two games against Detroit's 24 hits those two days. <laughs> it was bad news. And you knew watching that. Just those two games right there, how close they were. Oh, you could just hear the season crumbling slowly. Jeez, negative Nate, calm down. Look, I'm thinking just like everybody else is. When you're watching the Orioles lose two in a row from Detroit when you're fighting for the playoffs, you're sitting there going, how the fuck is this happening? Detroit, 57-92 and when we were playing them. I mean, the Orioles scored just five runs and were one for 26 with runners in scoring position. (laughs) They didn't have a lead in any of those games. Now, when they won Wednesday, a little fun fact, the game, which was great, two hours and 27 minutes, that was the shortest of the season. And, you know, the league's trying to figure out ways to make the game shorter. They're trying to get the younger generation of those younger kids who only like to watch 30-second TikTok videos. So you think these kids are going to want to watch four-and-a-half-hour baseball games? So they're trying to figure out other ways to make the game quicker. Speaking of which, uh, I'm going to be having a guest on next week, a baseball expert, in my opinion. He runs a baseball podcast. I've been a guest on it, Baseball Biz. Great guy. I'm going to have him come on. We're going to talk about everything, about the Orioles, about the league, about the rules change, uh, the rule changes for next year, uh, playoff baseball, things coming up. So all the good shit we're going to be talking about pertaining to the game of baseball. Hey, by the way, in case you forgot, today's episode is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink. Spelled like sports drink, but just drop the vowels. Good to go. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. So a lot of people had Houston Astros on their calendar to get tickets to go see them when they come into Baltimore because they're thinking, hey, the Orioles, they're on a roll. They saw how they handled Houston in Houston. So Houston coming to Baltimore, people were thinking, hey, we might see another good series. And they wanted to see their old buddy Trey Mancini. Now, I had some friends that did go to that game. And, of course, they told me there was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of crying. And I, I'm jealous of that. Again, I wish I had moments that touched me so much, so violently that I start crying, that it touches me in such a way that makes me tear up. I'm jealous of that. I want that in my life. But Mancini comes to town, comes up to bat, all 400 fans giving him a standing ovation. I remember watching the game, saw it on TV, wasn't there. And I'm like, man, there's not that many people. And I kind of made that joke before the game. I'm like, you know what's going to happen? There's going to be like 20 people in the stands when Trey comes up to bat. And you're going to just hear some round of applause. And that's it. It's like the person who always throws out the first pitch. If they're, you know, you you see video of them waving to the crowd. And I'm like, they're literally waving to 20 people right now. But Trey comes, standing ovation. It was nice to see him come into town again in Baltimore. 41 games with Houston so far. He's hitting 193. He does have eight home runs, has 21 RBIs. Uh, He was one for 10 with five strikeouts when the Orioles played them in Houston. And uh, 
interesting stat. I, I'm not going to say much about this. The Orioles are 26 and 20 since trading Mancini. Okay, whatever. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, look, <laughs> the Orioles know what they were doing. Mancini, boy, they were really, he was really holding the Orioles down. But it was weird, like I said last time, when the Orioles played Houston and Houston cheering when Mancini was striking out, especially at the end of the first game when Tate came in. He's a winning run at the plate, strikes him out. I'm jumping up, cheering. It was weird. It was weird cheering against Trey Mancini. But after the game, Mancini gives, of course, the, uh, oh, I, I just miss everybody. And, oh, my God, it was great being in Baltimore. And the fans, everybody was lovely. Of course, just saying all the perfect things. And I guess I was kind of laughing to myself, like, I, I has anyone ever said like the wrong thing? Just been like, you know what? I, I fucking hate this town. I'm glad I was traded. It's just a shitty town. I'm not a big fan of these fans. <laughs> you know, he just kind of had a bad game and a bad day. So he just doesn't feel like being honest. Trey has a feel to be back. I fucking hate this place. I love Houston. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he just gets all pissed off. Guys, reporters are like, all right, uh, thanks, Trey. But Odor, of course, he hasn't, God, when he came up to bat, I'm like, I feel like we haven't seen him since April. But, of course, he gets a two-hit RBI on his first to bat, and that's all it took to win, two to nothing. Kyle Bradish, oh, my God. You think you're watching a Cy Young pitcher? Forget about Verlander. Kyle Bradish pitched eight and two-third innings. He was just the second rookie in Orioles franchise history with 10 strikeouts and zero walks and zero runs allowed in a game. That's just amazing shit, folks. Bradish was tearing it up. He struck out 10 that night, and he didn't walk a batter. He threw 100 pitches, retired 26 of 28 batters. Man, that, that's a baseball boner right there, folks. Should Hyde have pulled Bradish? There's one out to go. And I knew he was on a short leash. When he went back out in the ninth, I told my wife, I said, this leash is probably about three inches short. There's no way that Hyde's going to let him, you know, bases loaded, no outs. I didn't know it was that short where Bradish gave up one hit and here comes Hyde walking out. I know it was a 2-0 game and, and Hyde really, really wanted to win that game. I mean, Orioles basically have to win every game right now. But... Bradish was at a hundred pitches. I don't know, man. I, the guy at bat, yeah, he could tie it with one swing. I get it, but man, eight and two thirds inning. He's got one out to go. Guy was just pitching a jet. No walks, 10 strikeouts. I didn't think the leash was going to be that short. And I was pretty disappointed seeing Hyde come out. Of course, Bautista came in one batter, finished it. Boom. Game over. Hides patting himself on the back, like I told you. Don't fucking question me. <laughs> but Friday night, Orioles offense came alive. Kramer's first complete game. I mean, these Orioles pitchers, when they face Houston, my God, they're going to be like future Hall of Fame pitchers if they continue to face Houston every week. Kramer, who's eight and five, struck out six and walked just two. It was the Orioles' second straight shutout in 15th of the season. Kramer says it's a uh, it was a special night. This may not ever happen again in my career. And when he said that, I'm like, probably not. <laughs> Look, I like Kramer. He's pitching well, but 
I would have lost a lot of money, a lot of money. If someone said, hey, how much you want to bet that this year Dean Kramer pitches a complete game? And on top of that, it's going to be against one of the biggest offenses in baseball. I would have probably put up a shit ton of money. And of course, lost. ESPN stats. They said that Orioles starters have pitched eight and two third innings in three consecutive games for the first time since Mike Mussina, Scott Erickson, and Kevin Brown. They did it September 26th through the 29th, 1995. The Orioles scored five runs in the seventh of that game, by the way, as well. That was pretty cool to open up. It was one nothing. I was like, oh man, this is getting this is getting wild. Bradish, you can't make one fucking mistake. Boom. Just five runs like that. I mean, things were, everything was falling the Orioles way. That was when Vavra did the check swing and it was like a line drive <laughs> in left field scoring runs. He didn't mean to swing. He even had that look like, oh shit, I hit it. He starts running. So from here on out, the Orioles just hope they can win out basically. And they hope one of the other teams has like a four or five game losing streak. And there's the Orioles playing October baseball. But I just, that Saturday night game, oh, that just sticks with me. That ge- Those kind of games, they stick with me for a while. Bautista, I mean, he hadn't allowed more than two runs in his first 63 appearances. He converted 13 save opportunities in a row before the Astros, of course, winning their 100th game that night. Oh, that's brutal. But hey, guys. Uh, in a couple weeks, as I wrap up the season, obviously going to talk the greatest moments. I want to hear from you guys. What moments stood out this season? Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. I'm going to talk about, you know, the players that I enjoy watching the most, the least, all that good shit. That'll be coming up in a couple weeks. I just want to hear, again, more stories going to Camden Yards. I want to hear, uh, again, all those moments that you're always going to remember from this year of 2022. Were you surprised or were you one of those fans looking at the roster going, you know what? This looks like a winning season. (laughs) This is exactly what a winning season looks like. Again, want to hear from you guys. Anything on your mind. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Till next time. See ya.